0: all righty hello again everyone welcome to it it is the Derek Hunter podcast the twenty seventh, to 7th of June 2023 happy glorious delicious Tuesday and no it's not it's taco Tuesday can't you get sued for that now Like Taco Bell's in the lawsuit with some taco joint in New Jersey, apparently, about using Taco Tuesday. Don't they all owe the Lego movie an apology or a royalty check or something or anybody who's into alliteration? Because I'm pretty sure I said that long before it was a thing. Anyway, lots of stuff going on, a bunch of stuff to uh, get around about. I gotta talk about. Hey, we're gonna get into the news. We're gonna get into the news, and, and some people complain. No, oh, we going to talk about the news. Uh, you're talking about other things. Yeah, my finger update. <sighs> I gotta text my doctor friend because it's. You can see that there's. There's. Yeah, this is gonna be unpleasant. <clears throat> I'm on the antibiotics. It's feeling better. It's looking better too. But there's like a big bulge off the side of it where. It looks like it's redder and it sticks out, and it's pus is what it's just pus in there. So I'm wondering, do I have to stab that and drain it? This ain't my first rodeo. It's not my favorite thing in the world, but if you got to get that stuff out of there, you got to get that stuff out of there. So we shall see about that. I'm just uh, not super looking forward to that if that's the case. But I will because then maybe it'll bring down some more. The the swelling is down in the in the uh, middle knuckle. That's not a middle knuckle. In between the two knuckles, uh, see the, the the part that connects to the finger, and then there's the the knuckle, the middle knuckle, if you're making a knuckle sandwich, and uh, then there's the top knuckle for the fingertip. In between there, the meaty part that was swollen. It's still a little swollen, but it's not as swollen as it was. There's some some natural wrinkles. I'm not applying my oil of olay on my fingers the way I should to prevent the aging process and my f- apparently fingerprints. But they're back. They were stretched pretty, pretty fat out, and I couldn't put a, 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 my ring on it that finger at all. But then you go to the, the top part, top knuckle to the tip, and that's still swollen, and there's a little uh, swelling off to the side where there's uh, the puncture mark from one of the cat's claws. The other side's puncture mark is, is doing much better. So that's still swollen. And if I hit it on anything, it still hurts like an SOB. So I'm hoping I can drain it. That will help a little with the swelling, and that will help a little with the healing process. But we shall see. I will follow doctor's orders on this one. Anyway, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. A couple other things. Now, you know, hell, I'll, I'll save this till the end, just because I know there are going to be a whole bunch of people going, oh, I hate this. Don't talk about pop culture stuff. But that stupid show, The Idol. I've been, wa- I've been forcing myself to watch it. I'm all in favor of nudity, but... Um, it's just a terrible show. Anyway, there is other news in entertainment, and it's something that I have warned about, talked about, whatevered about for a while now. And it is at Fox News. Fox News, Mediate has uh, the story. It's the same people in a different order. Didn't we just make, didn't I just make jokes about uh, this over at CNN? I'm pretty sure I did. Fox News, this is Mediate, Fox News announces the new primetime lineup it's putting in place uh, uh, in the wake of Tucker Carlson's shocking ouster earlier this year. The new lineup is a reshuffling of the current evening schedule, Jesse Waters will be taking the 8 p.m. hour, directly replacing Carlson. Laura Ingram will move from 10 p.m. to 7 p.m. Sean Hannity will stay at 9 p.m. and Greg Gutfeld will move to 10 p.m. Trace Gallagher, then a news anchor at the network, will move up to 11 p.m. It's not earth-shattering. It is it's barely any change whatsoever. In any substantive way, as far as personnel, there's no no change. But this is. I, personally, I believe this is a, mis- a bad lineup in this order. And I'll tell you why. And I, if you want to catch hell for me or whatever, and if I never get booked on Fox ever again, so be it. But I got to tell the truth Jesse Waters is not a primetime host. He's not a primetime host. He's a very nice man. He, is, he puts on a very good show for 7 o'clock, but that's 7 o'clock. That's not primetime. Yeah, well, it's almost, it almost is, but it's not. The news networks, at least to this point, and look, if they change the paradigm, they change the paradigm. But news networks up to this point, 8 p.m. was for the serious stuff. Eight to eleven was for the serious. Now it's serious lies and BS over at MSNBC. Serious liberal activism pretending everybody, you know, everybody's going. Well, no, no, I'm a serious journalist. No, 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 no. I know you are, but I'm a more serious journalist. It's, it's that sort of absurdity. At MSNBC, they kind of don't even pretend that they're serious journalists. They just go out there and lie to their audience. But, and they'll they'll say the same thing about Fox and the old lineup. Jesse Waters, like I say, is a very fine TV host. He is a very fine person, seemingly. I've had very limited interactions with him, but he was very nice with them. Um, But uh, he gets so much of the basics wrong. He gets so much of the basics wrong if you listen to him. And you know what's going on in the world. And I know you know what's going on in the world. He talks. His monologues are fine. His monologues are great. Whoever's writing his monologues does a good job of them. But when he's on the fly, and on the five, too, and I don't know if he'll still do the five, and I think you start messing with the five if you run risk of losing Gutfeld and and Waters, and or Waters. Uh, You mess up the chemistry there. But... Uh, he gets many of the historical references, not historical, even like recent political references, wrong. He gets a lot wrong, incorrect. He's not. He doesn't seem to be. He seems to be doing it out of place of not knowing. And look, he, he don't, most people don't know. But then, most people don't work in news, right? Most people don't work in news. No, most people don't have a staff there to. Uh, feed them information to make sure that like I say, the 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 delivered monologues read from the teleprompter are great. It'd be better if they stopped interspersing and maybe they'll do that. They stopped interspersing uh funny movie clips and things like that. Again, when it was just a bit on O'Reilly, it was okay. When it was a bit in his monologues at seven o'clock it was okay. It just doesn't seem right, at least to me. For an 8 o'clock show, for a primetime show, for the anchor show of a primetime network. Laura Ingram moving up to 7 o'clock is neither here nor there. It's probably better for her social life because, you know, 10 o'clock, on you're shot. You maybe go to dinner, but an early dinner. You can have much more of a social life if you're done at 8 o'clock rather than when you're done at 11 o'clock. Gutfeld is another one. Gutfeld exclamation point, the TV show, works really well at 11 o'clock. It does. People are done consuming news and s- done consuming news commentary at 11 o'clock. And traditionally, they used to have late night comedy shows. They're no longer late night comedy shows. Instead of set up punchline, it is a uh, gr- grievance, liberal grievance applause line. You'd be hard pressed to note the difference between, say, uh, Stephen Colbert in a random speech at the Democratic National Convention. You just would. So Gutfeld filled a niche on many levels. But he also recorded his show at like 7 o'clock. So if something happened, if news changed, if something broke after, really after 7 o'clock, they would preempt the show or they they certainly would break into the show and do like, here's somebody in the West Coast telling you what's going on. Oftentimes they would just move Trace Gallagher to do two hours and totally wipe out the Gutfeld show. You can't really do that. You can do that at 11 o'clock. You can't really do that at 10 o'clock. You can't have an anchor, a host, a personality, whatever you want to call them, incapable of doing the job of breaking news is gutfeld gonna want to do gutfeld does two shows he does the five at five and then he does gutfeld at 11 but it is taped at seven so he's you know on air for an hour live at five and then he records for an hour at seven in real time and then he's done at eight o'clock is he gonna want to stick around every day till 11 o'clock i mean they're gonna have to pay him more probably do that I'm sure that's all their business not mine but you can't phone it in Fox for a long time had a problem with hosts phoning it in in their prime time lineup now what do I mean by that well I have been privy to on many occasions times when various hosts all of them I believe except the only one I have never heard it from or about was Laura Ingram but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. But they, uh, they'll they film. Sometimes if it's a special edition of whatever show, they will have filmed it a day or two early. It's on one particular topic. Nothing's going to break on that topic, so it doesn't really matter. They'll film it on a Wednesday or Thursday. Then Friday off. The job is done, and Friday is... I did this on radio a couple of times. When... I needed to do. I was actually going to be a guest on another show, a, a nationally syndicated show. And so they were recording when I was on in the last hour. And it was like good exposure. So what I did is that morning I recorded the last hour of my show. So that could be broadcast while I was interviewing on this other show. Now, there wasn't breaking news. A plane didn't crash. There wasn't an assassination attempt. There was nothing horrible. There was nothing that I was... Obviously ignoring, but if you do it enough, and Fox used to allow it to be done an awful lot, you begin to notice that hey, wait a second, something broke at uh, 7 o'clock, and the shows in the evening, some of them weren't mentioning it at all, and it's a pretty big story. And another tell is they go out to the West Coast, they go to the newsroom, and there's somebody there who isn't on TV very often doing at the top and the bottom of the hour, meaning the 0, zero and the 30 of the hour, going, hey, uh, here's the latest on the uh, mass shooting, whatever, the gunman's still at large, or gunman is in custody, or gunman dead, or whatever, that sort of thing. And they go, right, now we return to such and such. And you go back to that show. And there's no mention of it. You're like, wait a second, why is this person not mentioning it? And why did they need that other person? You're like, oh, okay, because this is recorded this is in the can. Every once in a while, when it was big enough news, they'd have a whole show dedicated to whatever the big enough news was. And a guest host that seemed like shell-shocked, and like, oh, crap. I've got to go in and fill in because, and completely unplanned. You can tell that, too, if you're an avid consumer of the news. I don't know. I'm sure he could do it. But I don't know if Gutfeld wants to do that kind of stuff. I don't know if Gutfeld wants to be there till 11 o'clock. He seems like a guy who likes to have fun. He seems like he was friends with my friend Andrew Breitbart. Andrew always spoke very highly of him. But you can get used to an awful lot. I don't know that a panel show where two-thirds of the panel, or three-quarters of the panel are the same people all the time really plays at eleven o'clock. I'm not sure people are done consuming the news of the day to the point that at ten o'clock they're ready to have a whole bunch of smart ass comments about it. As funny as they can be, I'm not sure it fits there. Personally I would have left Gutfeld at eleven because that's working there. And you take Trace Gallagher if you've got to mess with the lineup. I would have put probably Trace Gallagher you know, if if I only had to choose between what they've done already, I'd have probably left Laura Ingram at 10 and put Trace Gallagher at 7. But, you know, Trace Gallagher's out in California. Him at 10 o'clock would make sense. Because that's, you know, prime starting of uh, prime time out in California. So I would have done something like that. I just don't know. if If Gutfeld's willing to change the formula of his show completely to try to work at 10 o'clock, then that could work. I just don't know that how comfortable he's going to be at that. That doesn't seem to have been a whole lot of prep time for that. So we shall see. Just struck me as odd, an odd choice. But then it's another testament to just how... How thin the bench is for... Do you talk about Democrats having a really thin bench? If Joe Biden goes down, who do they have? Kamala Harris is hated. Uh, Governor Herod in California is really about it. There aren't any superstars in the Senate. AOC isn't old enough she'd be a superstar just because she makes everybody who votes Democrat feel smart. But she's too young for the job. Who are the Democrats in waiting? They're really... Pete Buttigieg? Come on. They have no bench. Republicans have a pretty impressive bench right now. You don't have to like any of them to say, well, they're an accomplished group of people. The former mayor of South Bend, Indiana, and a failed secretary of transportation is not exactly inspirational. The only thing inspirational about Secretary Mayor Pete is he's gay. And I think people are kind of sick about that. They're like, all right, you're great. You're gay uh why do i care about it because the president does a lot more than just be gay so it is a very thin bench over on the left they're going to build it up you got to be forever vigilant they will build it up and the republican bench will thin but the fox news bench is not very thick who would they get you saw you saw the people they were trying out they gave a lot of people a chance at that time slot to see if they could do it and the fact that they're going with somebody who was doing a different show earlier and doing what they're doing and not bringing in anybody new to their primetime lineup just shuffling the order around tells you that they didn't believe or have faith in anybody they had in there i feel bad i like brian kilmeade a lot i've had a lot of interactions with brian kilmeade he's a funny guy he's a smart guy his funny kind of, in the the morning show format, kind of undercuts his intelligence. But it's there. It is there. I'm not sure he was given a fair shake. He's so successful in the morning, they don't want to change that. But he did, I know his natural instinct is to make smart-assy comments. And watching him this time, like when he filled in for Tucker, he'd kind of bring his morning show personality to it. When he was... Filling in in this point and doing a weak sort of audition. He was trying to tamp down the smart comments. And uh, it made him feel a little awkward. I think if he just did the same thing just slightly differently, it would have been better. But he's stuck there. The other people, uh, the ones that I know, are very nice. But they're just not primetime material. They're just not ready for prime time, Fox Fox's big mistake. If you're going to fault them with fire, firing Tucker, first of all, was a mistake. But for not developing a bench, for just putting anybody in there, Jason Chaffetz, perfectly nice guy, but he's not getting the reps. Occasionally, doing a show, the Saturday and Sunday primetime lineup. On Fox should be nothing but people who are prepping and doing reps over and over and over again for replacement jobs. Sean Hannity is not getting any younger. Sean Hannity is getting way richer. And at a certain point, he's going to go, you know what? I got more days behind me than I do in front of me, and I got more money than I could ever do anything with. My kids are set, my family, my friends are set. I'm going to kind of enjoy life for a little while. And I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen after. The next election, provided it goes well, who is who's queued up to do that? Nobody, nobody. Trey Gowdy isn't getting enough reps. Trey Gowdy is—he's like a, a shapeshifter. Every time you see him, it's like different hairdo and I'm like what the hell is going on? I liked him as a member of Congress. I'm not sure he's—he doesn't seem to be flexing enough muscles often enough to get the primetime gig. Lawrence Jones, again, too young, too inexperienced. He's great for the weekend. He's great for going out and interviewing people. He's very personable. But as far as like sitting down and having a serious discussion with newsmakers about serious news issues, he's just, he doesn't seem to know it. You need to know it. You need to have lived it. You need to have been a nerd growing up. Lawrence Jones doesn't strike me as a nerd who, uh, growing up who listened to talk radio, who listened to the news who love that kind of stuff i don't know who else is on on the mark levin isn't interested mark levin would be great but mark levin is already doing mark levin stuff and i don't think he wants to give up radio so who else steve hilton is i mean did you even know that steve hilton still has a show and he's british so that really wouldn't work Piers morgan is british it could work except that he's far too british because piers morgan is at least interesting in that you never know what he's going to say it's sometimes stupid it's sometimes wrong but you never know what it's going to say and he what he's going to say and he does try to rationally think it out so we'll see i hope that they st- cuz fox is important i hope that they start taking the bench concept seriously and that's not God, it's not hiring a whole bunch more contributors or trying to promote their contributors. Your contributors, I'm sorry, they suck. They've sucked for a long time. Most of them have sucked. They're just not very good. Okay. You just lap them up because that's what you do. That's everybody. Oh, I got to secure this person, which weirdly, nobody really needs a contributor. I mean, the people love the money. But anybody who appears on Fox is not also getting calls from CNN and MSNBC. Anybody who appears on MSNBC is not really getting calls from Fox or most times CNN. There is no crossover. There was a time when people could appear on all three networks. And now that they've chosen their sides and their brand identities, there is none of that anymore. So signing these people up, maybe if you just want to continue to have them, but it doesn't seem necessary because where else are they going? I guess if you sign them and pay them something, then they're sort of at your beck and call. But at some point, you kind of got to give that a rest. Anyway, the, um, <clears throat> there's another story today that's very interesting and worrisome about Tucker Carlson. To, because I think Tucker, Tucker was by far the best voice in cable news ranking right up there with the heyday of Bill O'Reilly. Now, the heyday of Bill O'Reilly is when Bill O'Reilly hit his stride probably, I don't know, five, ten years into the job or whatever it was. It wasn't right away. He was still awkward. He was still the a current affair host for the first couple of years on Fox. And then he hit his stride. Then he lost his stride once he became aware of that he was Bill O'Reilly and the world knew that he was Bill O'Reilly and that people people loved him. Look, a whole bunch of people loving you changes you. It just does. You can't go places. It's weird. A whole bunch of people hating you changes people too. And that if you believe the hype, you can become insufferable. And, uh, you know, egos. Egos always come out. So in that sweet spot before the ego came out, Bill O'Reilly was incredible at his job. He would have, he also had the benefit of there being a time in cable news when Democrats would go on conservative television shows and have discussions, serious discussions. That doesn't exist anymore. Tucker is that good, and he chased away all the Democrats too, but he is that good in his monologues, and he's that good off the cuff. Those monologues that Tucker delivers, he writes himself. I know this for a fact. So losing him was a blow to Fox, but what he is doing now, hopefully it will work, hopefully it will last, but there's a story in, what is this, The uh, Guardian, about how sort of the public is moving on. Fox is now back at number one in the number one slot on cable news. Tucker's numbers for his videos, they're still very strong. The question really is what constitutes a view. If you watch three seconds of it, like a video, if you watch like 10 seconds of it on YouTube or Rumble or whatever the other stupid websites are, they, they count it as a view. On Facebook, an autoplay thing. If it's on autoplay and it starts playing as you're scrolling past, that counts as a view. It's all well and good if you want to inflate your numbers. It's less good if you... Want to know what the hell is going? Are you having any impact? Are you reaching anybody? Is anybody paying attention? You have those numbers. Tucker has those numbers on your account. If you post a video or anything, you get to see its reach. And if you post a video, I believe you get to see if you know how long somebody watched your video. So that's good and useful information, but it is uh, not available to the general public. And you just have the number of views to go. And the more videos that Tucker has put out, the smaller, now there's still tens of millions, but the smaller the numbers have gotten so far. That was always to be expected. I put forth to Tucker that I thought that he, I mean, look, you go with Elon Musk. If Elon Musk is offering you something, you you go with Elon Musk, especially if the alternative is this D-bag shooting you a long text message. But I thought that Tucker should have gone for his own website and a membership subscriber thing right from the beginning and make it a 24-hour thing, make it sort of an online news channel where you can get enough content from podcasters and commentators and people would line up to be just associated with Tucker and then maybe get a piece of the action later on down the line or what have you. I know I would have. But you... uh, you set that up so you have new, fresh content and people committed to it. I think it should have been done much sooner. Coming soon sort of thing. Get people help us become a founding member, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then you would have probably captured and kept a whole lot of interest. But it being on Twitter, honestly, the problem with it being on Twitter is if people, the audience is primarily on Twitter. I'm not sure how many people are signing up to Twitter Because Tucker is there. I think the older demographic isn't going to join Twitter. If my father were still alive, he would not have joined Twitter to watch Tucker. Because he wouldn't know what to do. I'd have just given him my log on and God knows how that would have been. And I would have said, all right, click on it. And I tried to walk him through it. It would have been a disaster. (laughs) I tried once. (laughs) My dad calls me up after my my old radio show. And uh, he can't figure out how to turn the app off. And it's just some D-bag who was on after me who bought the time, who was just rambling on and on and on. And he can do- like, i And like, you just double-click the home button and then you swipe up. And he, I was just trying to explain it to him. And it was so frustrating. He's yelling at me, it's not doing, I don't know what the hell's going on with it. And I'm like, it just got to do, there's only one button on the whole face. Of- and it just didn't work. And I said, dad, just turn the volume all the way down. Close the lid and let it kill the battery. Because then when the battery's dead, you can plug it back in and it won't be doing it anymore. And you like, that's right. Fine, I'll do that. And that's what he did. We just got so mad at each other. He was that much of a Luddite when it came to new technology. He could, he could open up an iPad. He could play a couple of games on it. He could open up an app for radio. But the stop button and the close button, no. Well, there's a lot of the Fox viewership that is that way. They're grav—they're mad when Tucker was gone. They're gravitating back to Fox because you got to go somewhere, don't you? You've got to go somewhere. And Fox has the most reach. Fox has the best production values. Fox has other people that you're used to and you like. So people were always going to creep back to it. That's why I thought that Tucker with a membership model could have captured a lot of them sure they'd probably would have ventured back to Fox eventually some of them but once you're invested literally invested in it you're likely to stay there longer so I don't know look he's going to be wildly successful he's smarter than I am so he knows what the hell he's doing he knows how to make it in this business but I just found that interesting that there are stories now about how things are sort of settling down and people are going back to fox. And I don't know, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, if a show on Twitter will be enough to keep people coming back. All right, I've got some audio I want to play before this is all over and I've already gone good lord half the time. All right, I want to play this trip uh this exchange between cuz Remember I told you on Friday, or uh, I guess on yesterday's show, the real telltale sign about whether or not Joe Biden is in any trouble is whether or not the White House press corps still asks questions about this corruption business That the next press briefing. Well, there was a press briefing today. And there wasn't a whole lot of questions about this. Now, we're, there were a whole bunch of questions that were laying out there that were not answered on Friday. They were not answered in any way, shape, or form. So you would think that, hey, there's still unanswered questions. Maybe we'll go back and take another bite at that apple. And if you continually ask questions that make the White House press secretary and the White House in general look bad, eventually maybe they'll put a page in the three-ring binder for the historic Corinne Jean-Pierre, and you'll get them to go a little bit further. You can keep digging, whatever. Of course, that really only helps if, in the interim, you do actual journalism, develop sources, do an investigation, etc., etc. Nobody did that, so it didn't really come up, except for from Phil Wegman from Real Clear Politics. He's noting that Hunter Biden is running around. He's at the White House all the time. He's taking trips with the president all the time. He's gone off to Camp David over the weekend with the president. He uh, and There's a picture circulating of Joe getting off the uh, Marine One with his grandson. Bo, you want to talk about shameless attempted manipulation of the American public. There's Joe with his grandson, Bo. Beau. Oh, the namesake of his favorite son who passed away tragically. And they're holding hands as they're getting off Marine One. Is that not cute? Except you've got to remember that he's got a kid named Navy that uh, he doesn't acknowledge, that he's got a granddaughter, that he does not acknowledge, that he refuses to acknowledge. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. As a matter of fact, before we get to Corinne Jean-Pierre, I want to play you this bit to show you how desperate and pathetic the left really are. The Chuds over at The View. Yes, the cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. If you're listening to the show on uh, WMAL on Saturday. Shark called in. Challenged my knowledge. Asked if I knew what Chud really stood for. Of course I do, Shark. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Oh, programming note. And I'll remind you throughout the week. I'm going to be back on WMAL this Saturday from 4 to 7. But I'm also going to be on... Friday from 3 to 6 and Monday from 3 to 6 filling in for my friend Vince Colonnese. So you'll get all you need of me. You'll be so sick of me by the end of the week. Forget about it. Uh, but anyway, the um, Anna Navarro over at The View, the, one of the conservatives. When I, God, God, how do these people live with themselves? I don't know how they live with themselves. Uh, her husband used to run CPAC. You want to know why CPAC became a, piece of garbage until it was, I'll say, it, it was saved by the schlaps. And then it kind of went off the rails again. It's time for them to move on. They should hire me. I could fix that thing again. But uh, Al Cardonas, he just is semi-coherent. It's just not a, I don't know, not a guy I would pick to lead an organization. But Anna Navarro's out there being the conservative that she is. And she talks about what a wonderful father Joe is. What a wonderful father Joe Biden is. He's a father first and foremost. Remember, he loves his kids. I mean, not the illegitimate kid who he won't acknowledge. And forget the fact that at least two of his three kids were junkies. One form or another horrible addicts, sex addicts in Ashley Biden's case and probably drug abuser. And in Hunter Biden's case, same thing. Was Bo Biden? Did he have his, as they like to say, demons to try and make it seem as though, you know, it's not that they really enjoy doing a lot of drugs and having sex. It's they're haunted by demons, really. Because if you got to have demons, like those are those are pretty good ones. Like all, I don't recommend any demons, but if you got to have them, there was an old, I don't know who it was it was some old comedian it was like, if you're going to be addicted to something, sex is you know, it's a lot better than heroin. <laughs> but. Anna Navarro is explaining how wonderful a father Joe Biden is. Listen to this.
1: The Hunter Biden story, the scandal, the this, the that, it's also the story of a father's love. And Joe Biden has never and will never give up on his son son, Hunter and will never treat him lesser than. And so he is a father first. Take it or leave it.
0: Take it or leave it. He is a father first. Take it or leave it. He's so wonder- he's not a grandfather first. he might be a grandfather will never to this one little girl who will probably live her whole life until her grandfather dies without ever having met him uh the One of the wonderful children that Joe Biden loved so dearly fought tooth and nail to make sure that the baby mama did not and could not change the child's last name to Biden because you know doesn't want that These people are bad people they're bad people. But you got, you know, Joe there being raised up, propped up by the ladies at The View, and that was the quote-unquote conservative at The View. Talking about Joe, you can just imagine the rest of the slobber fest that the other four ladies brought to the table. Now we bring the historic Kérine Jean-Pierre and Phil Wegman from Real Clear Politics asking about, hey, Hunter's been sniffing around these events at the White House. He went to the state dinner. He's been traveling with the president. Is there any talk at all with him? Because in the past, when when Joe was vice president, he hopped on Air Force Two, jetted off to China, and was making business deals. And if you're on an official delegation trip with the vice president of the United States, who also happens to be your father, they don't even need the wink and the nod to pretend like, hey, we know what's going on. You, you, You don't even need that. It's abundantly clear that uh, which side the bread is buttered on. So Phil Wegman is asking, are there any, you know, protections, guardrails to make sure that Hunter and his degenerate uncles, Joe's brothers, aren't running around, say, the state dinner for the Indian prime minister trying to drum up business? Because let's face it, it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility, they seem to excel at drumming up business in industries where they have no knowledge or connection and from countries where they've never been and don't speak the language. This seems like a prime opportunity. And can you say conflict of interest? I mean, Sam Alito goes fishing with a guy once and it's a scandal for which the entirety of the Supreme Court needs to be overturned and uprooted. But Hunter Biden can run around and meet with anybody anywhere in the White House, use it as his personal office, go to Camp David, probably bring friends to Camp David. Everything, and it's no big shake. Nobody questions anything. Needless to say, Corinne Jean-Pierre was less than impressive on this one. I'm curious, though, in light of some of the recent legal controversy, if the president communicated to members of his family
1: not to conduct business on White House grounds can you tell us
0: uh, about it, about any kinds of guardrails that are up
1: so look um I'm going to be again very mindful because this is all connected uh to uh, uh to a case that the DOJ is currently overseeing so I'm not going to comment on that uh, specifically but as you know and we have uh, laid out uh, very early on in this administration when it comes to ethics when it comes to how uh, we all uh, uh, um, uh, kind of move about uh, and how we have we respect uh, clearly the government ethics here uh, this is a president this is an administration has been incredibly transparent on that uh, and has put some very strict uh, strict rules uh, and so I can speak to that. I can speak to how the president has moved forward in making sure that uh, uh, the people who work for him and himself are, are, are held to um, uh, kind of a, a strict course of action. But I'm not going to speak to anything that's related uh, to the case.
0: Ah, she wrapped herself eventually in the, oh, well, there's an ongoing investigation I couldn't possibly comment well, Hunter Biden's lawyer a little, two weeks ago said this was it. They were done. After they uh, got that sweetheart plea deal, there's no more uh, questioning of anything. There's no more investigation. Which is it? We don't know. We can't. We, uh, in the interest of uh, being overly cautious, we're just not going to comment on anything related to anything because we don't have a good answer for any of it. We're full of crap. We're kind of embarrassing and really embarrassed on top of it. It's a weird thing, you know, but uh, hey, you keep chugging away and I'll not call on you for another four or five days. Isn't that nice? You just know that Corinne Jean-Pierre is looking at the calendar and going next week is the 4th of July. If I can just limp it to Thursday, Friday's not really a work day in Washington, D.C., for a lot of people, because fourth is the middle of next week and people go, oh, you know what, I'm going to take a super long weekend and whatever. And so you, especially the federal government, Congress is in recess already, I think, the House is at least. So they're just, she's just got a limp to Thursday. And then there won't be a press briefing for a week. So whatever happens, whatever breaks, it can break on Friday when no one's around or she'll have to issue a written statement or somebody will issue a statement on her behalf that was written by them. It's just, you can smell it. But I bet you today she's feeling a lot better about herself because she wasn't really grilled about the things she was grilled about on Friday. I don't like being proven right when the result is damaging to the United States of America. But I knew this was coming. I knew they would not circle back on Monday and go back where we left off, where you you know you still won't answer our questions. They'd have to care to do that. They'd have to be people of integrity to do that. They'd have to be interested in doing journalism to do that. None of those things are true. None of those things describe these people. And so you get this. You get this mess. The good news, if you can call it that, I mean, it's good news, is that the American people aren't buying any of it. The American people are not falling for it. They see this stuff and they see, most importantly, that you go to the grocery store and you can't get out of there for less than 60 bucks. You just can't get out of there for less than 60 bucks. Like, what the hell? You can't get out of there for less than 60 bucks For whatever you're getting. I'm going to run in for some milk. I'll just pick up a couple. I'll get some eggs while I'm here. Some bread. Some whatever. And I got $75. What the hell happened? People are picking up on that. People are noticing that. I've got to run to the grocery store now when I'm done because we need uh, paper towel and toilet paper. Run low. And it's not going to be cheap. Even the stuff on sale. Even the stuff on sale at Costco. Isn't a particularly good deal, and you're like, God, what? How did this? Ha- how did this happen? Biden is how it happened. Even if they don't understand the nuances of monetary policy, which most people don't, nobody should be punished for doing it. They recognize that all of this happened on Joe Biden's watch. Things got really more expensive, and they're sitting around going. Bleh. Oh, inflation is coming down. Inflation is coming down. It's down to 4% now. Well, that's double what it was when you took office. That's month over month, and that's in addition to everything else. It's cumulative. If prices go up 5% one month, and then, oh, inflation was 5% one month, but now it's only 4%. You didn't gain a percent back. Over the course of two months, prices are up 9%. You see how that works? You add in another month, well, it was only up... It was only up 3% the following month. Okay, well, then over three months, they're up 12%. That's the difference. It's not as though you're clawing back. The rate of increase has slown, show, uh, slowed down some, maybe. Of course, the way the government calculates this crap is so doctored and such a gimmick that they, of course, cook the books in their own favor, so don't believe the numbers anyway. But. That's what they mean when they talk about inflation being down, is the rate of increase has slowed. The costs are still going up, particularly in grocery stores, which they conveniently don't count food in the inflation number. They have food inflation. It's a separate category. Why? Because if you just talk about general inflation and you add in food and gas prices and everything, then, oh my God, we're getting close to like 10% inflation. Maybe more. They don't want that. The media is lazy. They'll belch out whatever you give them. They're also on the team, so they won't look beyond that. But the American people pick up on things, even when they're hidden by the media and by the entirety of the left-wing industrial complex. That brings us to this from Chuck Todd and an NBC News poll and Right Track, Wrong Track. These numbers are horrible for Democrats, horrible for Joe Biden, great for Republicans. That doesn't mean they can't squander it. Lord knows the Republicans excel at one thing in particular, and that is finding new and creative ways to suck and lose. But at least for this moment, we've got this. Just 20 percent of voters believe this country is headed in the right direction. Seventy four percent say the nation is on the wrong track. Let me tell you something about this moment. We have had this sustained period of 70 percent about a year now. Um, the last two periods in the history of this poll that we've had this kind of sustained negativity about the direction of the country was before the 92 election and before the 2008 election. Both of those changed the party controlling the White House. That's good news. That doesn't mean it can't be blown. It means that you've got a tailwind. That doesn't mean you can't screw it up. And it doesn't mean that bad engine maintenance still won't cause you to smash into the mountaintop. Just saying. Just putting it out there. Just so you know. As I want you to be informed. Be optimistic. Not cocky. Not overly confident. Not in any way, shape, or form. Not at all. Uh, I want to play you this clip from Rachel Levine, Rick, Richard Levine, now Admiral, the Reverend Dr. Admiral Rachel Levine can do no wrong, has done nothing right, but runs around, supposed to be involved in like the health care for everybody. Dude seems to only talk about trans healthcare. That's it. The Democrats are amazing. There's uh, all these things because of the Dobbs anniversary just passed. Like, Oh, it's women's health care. Women's health care. We need women's reproductive health care. It's important, urgent health care. Like, There's like one in one billion pres- pregnancy, one in one million pregnancies or something, pregnancies that require the termination of the pregnancy for the health of the mother, or for the life of the mother, I mean. Health is a nebulous term to mean anything. So it's all elective. It's like saying that a nose job, is wildly important and vital health care. It's not. But because Democrats love abortion, that the abortion lobby spends so much money on Democrats, that it is singled out as though it is somehow the cure for what ails you. But um, <clears throat> the same is now true for castrating children. Honestly, sadly, it's it's the case. And so Levine, Admiral Levine, is running around talking about how important it is <clears throat> for gender affirming care. Gender aff- and pride. It's pride. Pride, you know, Friday can't come soon enough because it'll be the end of pride. It won't be the restoration of dignity. There doesn't seem to be any push whatsoever to restore any kind of dignity. There's video rolling around of. Uh, These guys, I don't understand. These are sick, sick people. Run around, bunch of gay men at a pride parade, riding bikes naked. Riding bikes completely naked, stopping and waving and flapping in the wind, if you catch my uh, drift, in front of a bunch of little kids at the pride parade that for some reason their parents said, you know what, you're seven now. It's about time you see a whole bunch of naked men riding bikes and grinding on each other or whatever. And you just sit there and you go, "What? Where is decency? Where is humanity? What the hell is wrong with these people?" And I don't know. I don't know. It's exhibitionism or something. You know, this is sick and wrong. And you think if I if I'm gay, I'm going, "What are you doing with these kids?" Leave the kids out of it. What the hell's wrong with you? Forget the kids. Don't bring the kids to the key party. Don't bring the kids to the pride parade. Because Pride is just now about sex. There's a, a fake headline going around that somebody made up about the Atlantic ma- from the Atlantic magazine. It was a fake headline. I looked into it. But it, I had to look into it because it seemed believable enough. And it's a rainbow Pride balloon thing marching down the street. And the headline is, at this weekend's Pride parade, a man exposed his genitals to my six-year-old. She was horrified. Am I raising a bigot? <laughs> it's only funny because it's believable it's plausible that somebody on the left would do something like that would write something like that it's a sad commentary on where we are as a society and as a culture and so i want you to listen to admiral levine talk about forget pride month let's make it the summer of pride
1: hello my name is admiral rachel levine and I have the honor of being the Assistant Secretary for Health at the United States Department of Health and Human Services. Happy Pride. Happy Pride Month. And actually, let's declare it a summer of pride. Happy summer of pride.
0: Oh, happy summer of pride. Let's make it summer of pride. Yeah, because we don't need... What, why? How about, a, how about a day of dignity? Can you, are you capable of having one of those? Well, Mount Walsh on Twitter put together a comprehensive list of all the alphabet mafia days. Again, it's turning me into a homophobe, but I'm not a homophobe. I couldn't care less. I just leave the kids alone. And if you go after kids, I got a huge problem with you. And I'm going to come after you. But here are the official days and months that are dedicated to various members Of the alphabet mafia. See, it's just, it's a lot more than June. There's Bisexual Health Awareness Month, because, you know, International Transgender Day of Visibility. How about we have an International Transgender Day of Invisibility, where you just stop forcing your views on everybody just for a day? hmm? National LGBT Health Awareness Week, because Bisexual Health Awareness Month doesn't cover it, apparently. National Transgender HIV Testing Day. Yeah, because all the other 364 days of the year, you couldn't possibly go and get it. Unless there's a day set aside for you to go, hey, wait a second. I'm a sexually promiscuous, wildly unprotected uh, sexual being. So let's go get some blood work done. Non-binary parents day. Now, you're really a parent if you're non-binary? Is it possible? Do you, uh, you self-replicate? Lesbian Visibility Day. Now, there's one I can get behind if I get to pick the nah. Eh, you know what? Never mind. International Day Against Homophobia, Transphobia, and Biphobia. Which day is that? Because then that means that we're free the rest of the year to do before those things, right? Harvey Milk Day. Yes. Pedophile. Why not just have Jeffrey Ep- and uh, Put that on Jeffrey Epstein's birthday. And oh, you don't know about Harvey Milk? Do some search. It turns out that the uh, Sean Penn movie left off some of the less than positive aspects of Harvey Milk's life. It's a true story. Look it up. Pansexual and panromantic awareness and visibility day. Awareness and visibility. You got a whole lot to pack in that day. If you're pansexual, put down the frying pan. If you're panromantic, stop buying the frying pan flowers and uh, become aware of yourself and then go outside and be seen. Then there's Non-Binary Awareness Week, which is just uh, look at that weirdo over there. That should cover it. Hey, look at that weirdo over there. I'm aware that there's a weirdo over there. Then there's International Drag Day. Take that to the drag racetrack and get very confused looks. LGBTQ History Month, not to be confused with Pride Month. Because why? I don't know. Because why not? When you're trying to normalize the abnormal, you've got to get in as much as humanly possible. 99.9% of it is about people who tuck it back and pretend they're something they're not. Because the T is for terrorists, and it's taken over the rest of the alphabet. International Lesbian Day. Now, what about Lesbian Visibility Day? Didn't that, couldn't that just be international? We knock two days off the calendar with one. National Coming Out Day. All right. National, how about I Don't Give a Damn Day? National LGBT Center Awareness Day. So they're celebrating businesses where the alphabet mafia can do. It's like the social club where John Gotti met all his friends. Like, we're going to have a day of awareness for that. Uh, asexual Awareness Week. Uh, I don't know. I'm not up on all this crap. But what it? Inter- what it? there was another one, Non-Binary Awareness Week. Asexual Awareness. Non-Binary is your whatever and uh, asexual is your whatever but you don't care. Is that the difference? You really need two separate Awareness Weeks? International Pronouns Day. Yeah, there you go. Transgender Parent Day. Hey, no, that's not a weirdo. That's Mama at the urinal over there. Pansexual Pride Day. Hide the tea fowl And then Gay Uncles Day. Because why not? You know, everybody... Where's the Lesbian Aunt Day? Maybe the lesbian aunt doesn't want to be associated with the gay uncle. Who knows? But this is what's going on in our culture, ladies and gentlemen. You can refuse to participate... And you can sit there and poo-poo the idea, but you should be aware of it because it will. it is aware of you. It is aware of you. I want to play you this clip from CNN International. It just shows you that this is a serious news report and how communism works. Communism, ah, you can't feed your whole people. Let's make some rock soup. If anybody remember, the first play I ever did in elementary school was rock soup or stone soup or whatever. I think it was called Rock Soup. And it's about somebody who comes down, drifter, and goes, oh, I'm hungry, and nobody wants to give him anything. And he says, oh, that's okay. I'm going to make some famous rock soup. It's going to be great. My favorite food. And like, uh, rock soup? What the hell is that? Like, oh, you, you never had rock soup? It's the best. Get a pot of boiling water I put a big rock in there. And, uh, you know, I, you know, what I need is I need some carrots. So, I mean, rock soup all right well here's some carrots they wouldn't give them carrots for but to, to see what ca- rock soup gets all the ingredients of like uh, chicken noodle soup or whatever or vegetable beef soup something and uh, then there's the soup and he cons all these people by saying we're gonna eat rock soup it's not rock soup at all it's just a gimmick well over in China they've taken it a step further it's just spicy rocks <laughs> This Chinese stir-fry features rocks as the main ingredient, and social media calls it, quote, the world's hardest dish. People are supposed to suck off the flavors, then spit out the
1: rocks. Hence the dish's name, so dio, meaning suck and dispose.
0: The dish originated in Hubei province and is said to date back hundreds of years. It was reportedly passed down for generations by boatmen through their oral history.
1: Street vendors cook the pebbles with spices, chili oil, and garlic on a sizzling grill. Each portion costs about 16 yuan, which is around $2.30.
0: $2.30 for a bunch of uh, rocks, fried, stir-fried, stirred in spicy sauce. Nah, I guess communists didn't really like all the bad publicity they got from starving people, so now they've conned them into drinking or eating rocks or sucking on rocks. This thing, they're putting these rocks in their mouth and sucking off the spice. Mm. You know what would be better is if, I don't know, you put a carrot in there or some, some chicken or something. Not bat, don't stay away from the bat, but something in there of substance that you could actually chew. God, it's just... You think, well, we're not the only stupid people on the planet. That's for sure. We're not the only stupid people on the Stupidity is everywhere. Everywhere leftism exists, there are stupid people. God help us all. Anyway, I'm going to end it there. I was going to talk about that. Uh, the Idol show. The Idol show is a terrible show, but it uh, looks like it's going to be canceled. I'll, I'll wait to see the last episode before I comment. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. I don't know. But it's it's one of the worst shows ever. It's a train wreck, and I... I can't turn away from it because of that. Because you just think, is there going to be some sort of redeeming quality in this? One redeeming character, one decent human being, and all these. And no, there's not. And you sit there and you go, why is the weekend in this? The guy can't act, and you're like, oh, because he created it. And I guess if you're a multi-millionaire and you go, hey man, you, uh, <laughs> I want to do this show, and HBO will go, well, we'll be in the uh, the business. With the weekend, you don't have to be able to act. You should. There should be some kind of standards because how many people with good ideas and talent were turned away so that this television abortion could be made? And it's just made to shock, but it's actually just boring. It's just boring. That's the biggest sin of all. But anyway, we'll get into that at some future date. I don't recommend watching it unless you really hate yourself. Uh, Otherwise, I'll be back here tomorrow to do it all over again. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast, Derekhunter.locals.com. Have a great Tuesday.